0: Good morning, useful and I'm Kemp Harr. This morning, my guest is Bruce Wicker, industry consultant and former CEO at Virginia Tile and J.J. Haynes. Bruce, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Kemp. We were you. together last week in Las Vegas, a city that I don't love. It takes a whole day to get there and a whole day to get back. <laughs> Dinner is an expensive place to go. You know, back when the industry started going there, it was a nice place to go. Again, not my favorite place. But Anyway, we were there together for coverings. And shows are being better attended. You know, I think Surfaces was probably impacted by Omicron. You know, two weeks earlier, CCA had canceled its meeting. You know, most people were saying that the attendance at Coverings was
1: probably on par with the last time it was in Vegas. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. I think we're getting back. It comes in stages. The shows aren't quite back where they were, but this is going to take some time. I mean, international travel is is a big aspect. And, of course, the Chinese don't come at all, so that has an impact. But, no, I think it always feels good to be networking. The square footage was high. Day one was pretty good, but then it trickled down. But, you know, like you said, when you go to the coverings in Las Vegas, not that often, it's very different than Orlando. Orlando is a bigger draw. But all in all, I thought it was very good.
0: Well, it's good to have everybody back together. Just another comment. You know, Tile goes to market a little bit differently than – the other surfaces out there, you know, carpet and resilient. Um, you've got, you know, s- specialists that are both distributing, importing, and offering it to the consumer. And that trend is going on more and more with the big three, you know, which is MSI, Mzer, Bedrosian. And then you've got this floor and decor factor. Tile is one of their biggest categories. So that's another factor.
1: Yeah, and I think you're also seeing a consolidation at the distribution level in the tile industry it's happening in others, not just tile, but, you know, we've yeah. seen the work of platinum, you know, paramount global surfaces, acquiring right. happy floors and ceramic techniques, and most recently stone source. And there's plenty more deals going on. I'm aware of one that I'll be connected with myself, which hasn't been officially announced, but was talked about at covering. So I'll wait mm-hmm. for the announcement, but yeah, there's a lot of, changes going on in the industry, and, and I think you're right with the, the three big ones in floor decor and, and then the consolidation on top of that.
0: Another big factor is the source of tile. Last year, imports were up even more than normal, and uh, over 71% of what was consumed last year was imported. Uh, and yet, when you go to, say, Portobello's booth, you, you and I both commented on this, that they were very busy. They're building a plant in the U.S., and as, as Eric Astrakhan You know, the head of the uh, tile council said, now's a great time to have a domestic plant based on all the logistics issues, right?
1: Yeah, I had that conversation with Eric as well. I mean, he was very keen on promoting people to build plants in the U.S. And yes, the Portobello booth, I think, because it was so well staged with their plant coming on stream in a while here. Uh, was a great decision to make back then. And on top of that, you've got the issues from Europe in terms of the supply. So the uh, Ukraine war exasperated what was already the case, which was the energy issue. And now you've got the issue with Ukraine uh, clay. Then you've got you know, labor port strikes in Spain. So all of a sudden, domestic supply or supply from South America, which for the moment is where Portobello would be sourcing from, those people would be getting a, a lot of attention. Dowtal, I think, announced an increase of 5 to 15% on their imports. There's price increases, certainly in that 15% range uh, coming in from some of the European suppliers. And some of those price increases have been delayed simply because they can't get the product on a ship. So domestic production, and we've seen that happen in LVT, haven't we? So, you know, there's more plants being built in the U.S. And in general, this redomestication butterfly effect that started with the Chinese tariffs is uh, clearly underway not just in the U.S., Mm -hmm. but we see it here in particular.
0: So let's talk about consumer with more expensive inflationary situation. They may start pulling back a little bit, but the builder market is pretty strong and the commercial market continues to build steam. So still probably going to be a good year
1: in the flooring business for 2022, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I think 2022 is going to be fine. I think one of the things we have to keep in mind is that the unit growth is much less than dollar growth. Uh, we saw that in 2021 because of all the price increases across all the categories. And now in 2022, when you look at the growth, some of that is the dollars that year over year basis from 2021. So I think the unit right. growth will be in the in modest uh, single digits. To get into high single digits, that's going to be pretty good. I mean, the residential remodel, the, the forces post-COVID uh, should keep it going and it keep going until it doesn't keep going. Flooring being a high-ticket discretionary item, I mean, sooner or later, that does start to slow, but, you know, steady as she goes for now. And on the residential new, I mean, there's a lot of forces that are creating the demand for it. We've got governors on that related to labor and material inflation, and now we've got interest rates. So I think it means we're not going to see the surge that we've seen sometimes in the past, but we'll see kind of a steady sort of growth in that for the time being. I mean, the real wild card here is commercial. It is growing, but it's still slow. We, we all thought it'd be much better off by the end of 2021, and we haven't seen it. And now we've got the governors there with interest rates, labor, material inflation, and, and also the geopolitical uncertainty in the in the business climate it makes people a little less prone to make big capital investments. So I think the growth is coming but it'll be slow. So you put it all together and we're going to have a pretty good year, just not a, uh, a gangbuster year.
0: So I saw you last week in Vegas and I'm going to see you again
1: tomorrow in Tampa, right? NWFA? Absolutely. We'll be there. Okay. <laughs> Many of the same issues, don't they? Good Lord. You know, AHF, it seems, is, is, is has risen. If you go back to 2018, is sort of the the undisputed leader in in the industry, and now they're owned by PaceLine, so we can only continue to see more growth. And They're diversifying their product line and market segments. Interestingly, in contrast, we've got AFI. We all know they got a 30-day extension. I think most people thought it might just go bankrupt, but obviously there's people who are interested, which is why it's been extended. There's talk that maybe there would be some kind of deal put together where the company could be sold, then broke it apart in pieces. I guess we'll just wait and see what happens.
0: They're doing a good job of keeping a lid on uh, what their options are. So I am interested to hear, and we're going to know, I guess, within the next 30 days, right? We are. Okay. Well, I'll see you tomorrow in Tampa. Again, been talking to Bruce Wicker, an industry consultant, and you've been listening to Kempar and net.